Welcome everyone, it's so good to be here tonight. I've been in, I've been in Melbourne for the uh, Melbourne East at our location down there for the last two Sundays and greetings from Melbourne East. But they are uh, excited, they're fun, they're friendly, they've got the same culture as you beautiful people. Yeah, because they are part of our church family. So it was just uh, an honour to be down there. And I've got to say, I just want to honour, even though they're not here, Dan and Ebony and their team that have done an incredible job there. Let's give it up for them at Melbourne East. So good. I was praying before I came tonight, and you know when you call up Google Maps, it shows a little blue dot of where you are, and I heard God say to me, you know, I know where you are, and I'm like, I know you do, (laughs) and, but I feel like God wants you to know that he knows where you are, not only physically, but spiritually, emotionally. He knows everything about you. And I got this scripture. Uh, You did not choose me. It's in John 15, 16. It says, you did not choose me, but I chose you. And I appointed you so that you may go and bear fruit and that that fruit will remain. God has called you. God loves you. He sees you. Every person, not the person standing next to you, you. He loves you with an eternal, everlasting love. His thoughts about you are like the sands on the seashore. He thinks about you so much. He thinks, oh my gosh, I've got a Liam. Isn't he amazing? I love Liam. He's got such a great smile. He looks at Kirsty. He goes, oh my gosh, those glasses suit you so good. I love that girl. I love that girl. And her ripped jeans and everything. And then, and even you down there, I don't know your name, but he looks at you and he is delighted. He loves you, every person. So I just want you to close your eyes and lift your hands as God pours out His Spirit upon you, His love upon you, His praise upon you. I thank you, Father, that you are here in this place, that your Spirit right now goes to and fro. Lord, that you pour the love of God into our hearts by your Spirit right now, your love poured out. Your blessing poured out. Your favour poured out. Your gifts awakened and stirred. I thank you, Lord, that you're going to open mouths that are going to speak your word. I thank you, Lord, that you're going to break things off people tonight. I thank you, Lord, you're going to open eyes to reveal to them what it is you want them to know tonight. I thank you, Lord, that you are God and there is no other. I thank you, Lord, that we can praise you. We can lift you up. You are mighty. You are wonderful. We love you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Let's give him a shout of praise. He loves you with an eternal, everlasting love. I love that. Just love God. Thank you, good people. Thank you, band. You're amazing. Love that jing, 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 jing behind me. That's just so good, isn't it? Jing, jing, jing. Like I said, (laughs) I have been in Melbourne uh, for 12 days, and it was so cold there. It was fine, mind you. Very sunny. (laughs) Are you jealous? But anyway, but it was cold, and you know, I'm not used to it. I live here. I'm not used to cold. It was a little bit uncomfortable for a while. You know, one morning I woke up and it was three, that's right, you heard it, three degrees. Like, what is that about? Ah, 
I was like, put my finger up, I was like, ooh, no, anyway. But, and I was staying in a different house, so that was different too. I, I had to learn how to turn the heater on, man, I learned that very quick. And I nearly actually locked myself out the first day. That was not good. I had two sets of keys, thank goodness. I, and so I had this little thing going on. Oh my gosh, new house, like don't lock. The, the wind blew and shut the door and it was on lock. And I'm like, no. Fortunately, in the car was another set of keys. Whew. That was the first day. That was horrible. But, you know, I'm driving a different car as well in a different place. All these things are different. But by the time I left, I'd adjusted. I had it pretty much happening. And there, and, there, and there are a few things. I had to change some things in my mind, but change some things that I was doing. I had to dress for the cold. That's right, I had to do that. I had to take my jacket everywhere. My Katmandu jacket, I don't think I've worn it. Oh, actually, I did go to Hobart, but before that, last time I wore it was in New Zealand. But I was wearing it every day in Melbourne. So my mantra, I had this mantra, this new mantra while I was down there, before I even stepped out of the house, I'd stand at the front door and I'd go, car keys, house keys, jacket. Car keys, house keys, jacket. But what happened, I made sure, number one, I didn't get locked out. Number two, I could drive the car. And number three, I was warm. But, you know, becoming a Christian can be like this. God's way of living is different. If you've ever uh, lived a certain way, it's usually ingrained in you. I have lots of ingrained habits, and I know it. The way I talk, the way I think, the way I see people, the way I treat people, and the way I act. But as you read the Bible, uh, we begin to realize that we need to change, to become more like Jesus. And we talked about, we, we began our series with a great testimony from Aussie Dave, uh, which is available on YouTube and podcast. And we finish off next week with Pastor Trent Membry, who had, as Sam mentioned, a crazy testimony of drugs and guns and, ga and gangs and shotguns. And, did I say guns? Wow. It's a crazy, crazy testimony. But the reason why you should come along to Three Nights of Fire is not just about the crazy testimony, and you should because of that, and bring friends because it is nuts. Don't come here and think, oh my goodness, I wish I had brought my friend with me. Oh, we just want to smack you. No, not really. But that's what I mean. Don't do that. Don't do that. Make sure you invite people now along to that. But when you come, it is Three Nights of Fire, and they're called Three Nights of Fire for a reason. Because we are going to see the fire of God move in this place. We are going to see the Holy Spirit move, reveal things. We're going to see people healed. All those things, the supernatural power of God will be here. So be here. Yeah, yeah. Who's coming? That's it. I'll be, I'll be seeing you guys later. You'd better be coming. So, yeah. so it's going to be amazing. So we've been talking about our transform, uh, transformation in groups, and we are hard hardwired to change. We are. That's why we do things like go to Pilates. I go to Pilates, and I love it. And I go there so that I can improve my flexibility. So I, should I do something? <laughs> no, just joking. But, but I do that. We all go. We, you might go to the gym because you want to improve. Whatever it is, we do things. We read books. We go to training sessions so that we can get better. We set goals. All those things because there's an innate desire inside of us to change and improve, to grow. So our key text for this series is in 2 Corinthians 
3.18, and it says, But we all, with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. Transformation happens on different levels, spiritually, emotionally, mentally, in our behavior, but the biggest moment of transformation happens at a spiritual level. We've talked about over the weeks, the, like a new creation, from the moment we give our, our hearts to God, we are born again. New creations, then the journey of transformation begins. A healed heart, we talked about, letting the Holy Spirit help us to forgive others, to forgive ourselves, and release the pain that caused the damage in the first place. Then last week, we talked about how transformation comes from our minds being renewed, by listening to preaching, by reading the Word of God daily, by memorizing and speaking and declaring the Word of God over our lives, we can reprogram our minds. Which brings us to today. Transformation happens at both a spirit and soul level. Your soul is your emotions, like your heart, thinking, which is your mind, and choices, which is your will. So today we're talking about the importance of your will in your transformation journey. Transformation comes through daily decisions. I just want to pray. Let's close your eyes. Thank you, Father. I thank you, Lord, for your word, which is powerful and living and alive, Father. I thank you, Lord, that tonight you will touch hearts, that you will reveal to us everything that we need to know tonight, Father. I thank you, Lord, that your word is powerful to make changes. I thank you, Lord, that when we walk out of here, we will be different. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, Liam Surich, where is he? Has he disappeared already? Oh, he's serving. Look at that. I was going to say, he's so servant-hearted. There you go, spot on. That wasn't even prophetic. But Liam, he mentioned earlier how his life had changed. He mentioned how he was set free from a drug addiction, uh, how he handled situations differently, and how he had friendships that were more meaningful. I mean, he is a great guy, uh, Liam. I know him. He's one of our interns here. He is servant-hearted. He's bold, bold as brass, sometimes a bit too bold, but anyway, he's bold, he's bold, which is good, which is good, nothing, I don't think you can be a bit too bold, can you? I don't know, anyway, maybe, but uh, he is a, a incredible prayer warrior, he prays with boldness, he loves God fiercely, so I just want you to give him a hand, let's give him a hand, hey Liam, love you, you're amazing, he is a transformed life. You might be here tonight and you've never had a relationship with God. You know, just relax, it's cool. I'm going to give you an opportunity to invite a Jesus that loves you into your heart a little bit later on. Uh, once once uh, we are following Christ and we've been changed and it's all amazing and like he said, you know, he got delivered from drugs. I mean, you might have, when you gave your heart to Jesus, like stopped swearing instantly. I didn't, but it actually did happen. Like I did, but not instantly, okay? That, that, that's what I mean. But it, something, something might have happened to you instantly. And that's all great, isn't it? Yes, it is. But it doesn't mean that you are not going to struggle. Uh, you know, I wish it was that we would never, ever struggle with anything else. Because, you know, you might have got delivered from swearing or you might have got delivered from uh, a drug addiction or many other sorts of things. However... Uh, we're in a daily walk and you may still have some major hang-ups happening. <laughs> I know, isn't that funny? I know I did. I'm going to talk about, I'm going to talk about some of my hang-ups a bit later. You're going to love it. You are going to love it. So Jesus said in Luke 
9.23. Then he said to them all, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Now, when I think of deny yourself, I mean, I don't like that really that much. And I remember hearing someone speak about denying themselves and, and I got an ice cream yesterday, just saying. It was so nice. It was ginger and macadamia gelato. Anyway, I got, it, was, it was delicious. But I remember this guy talking about this ice cream, and he goes, when you deny yourself, like you get this nicest ice cream. I mean, I don't know what your flavor is. Think about it, cookies and cream, whatever. Think about your most favorite, your most favorite. And you get the ice cream, and then, and then you're just about to lick it, and you throw it in the rubbish. Who could do that? That's denying yourself, right? that's a sin but that's what denying yourself is like and when he said that I'm like no way I could not throw an ice cream in the rubbish but but he said you know you think that's hard how hard do you think it's going to be to deny yourself in ways that are ingrained in you Whoa, ice cream, Jesus. Okay. Uh, so after, after that preach, I actually went and bought myself an ice cream. My favorite thought. Not a Macca's one. I thought, I thought about getting a Macca's because it's cheaper. But, I, but anyway, I got myself the delicious ice cream, and it was looking like, and I was like, oh, and I hadn't even eaten, and I'm looking at it, and, I'm, and I went over the bin, and I just threw it in. I did it. And do you know what? I didn't break. It was... It was all, it was, it was all, I thought I might, but I didn't, I didn't. Sometimes when we deny ourselves, we think it's going to be hard, and yes, it's just that it's different. It's not expected. Don't go throwing your ice creams out. This is just an illustration, all right? (laughs) So that's what, denying yourself. The, The other thing is take up your cross daily. We have to make decisions daily to follow Jesus. We need to do that, and we can do that by reading scripture to learn, uh, what happens if we go in the other direction? Oh, you're going to love this. In Galatians, like the Apostle Paul, he talks about the old ways and the new ways. The old ways pre-Jesus, the new ways after. After. All right, in Galatians. When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. Let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the Holy Spirit produces the kind of fruit in our lives, which we talked about before, fruit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of the sinful nature to the cross and crucified them there. Now, I know that's a big whack, but we're going to look of scripture, but it's, it just makes sense. You can do that or you can do that. Yeah, do the, the second one. Let's be really good. So let's say that you gave your heart and you did as we were talking about, got instantly uh, free of drugs and all that sort of stuff, but you still struggled with lying or being critical or drunkenness or wild parties or outbursts of anger. At the time I got saved, I still struggled with those things. I really did, especially the wild parties and the outbursts of anger. 
at that time. It's like 19 years ago, people, so it's all, it's all good. I haven't been to a wild party this weekend. Or, no, actually, I, I did go to a wedding, but it wasn't a wild party. One of the hardest struggles for me was the outburst of anger. Anger is a learned behavior. It cut, and I, I used to come up with excuses. You know, I've always been like that. And, you know, there, there are reasons why I was angry, but they are not an excuse for me to continue to be angry. Anger can be explosive, like really lose it, but it can also be implosive. A lot of people think anger is just major outbursts, but anger can be in here. It can be like the cold shoulder. Have you heard that? Giving someone the cold shoulder, no warmth, no emotion, or it could be the silent treatment. Oh, come on. Everyone's like, that's me. <laughs> no, no, no. It might be you. It might be you. But there are different way, forms of anger. Now, the Holy Spirit spoke to me in a moment that I needed to deal with this anger. It wasn't that I hadn't tried pre-Christian. I did. I had gone to different courses because I had major outbursts. Um, so there are two keys that we're looking at tonight. One of them is proactive and the second is defensive. The first one is to engage your will. You know, if we stay neutral, then we usually go backwards. The, like garden, a garden, you, have to, you do nothing and weeds will grow. Don't have to do anything and they will grow. But in order for them to not have weeds, the garden, you actually have to be proactive and pull those weeds out. So we need to be proactive. And we can do that by through the, one of the first keys is to pray. Start praying. I remember repenting of my anger to God and asking him to help me to have self-control, asking him to help me to be calm, Ask, asking him to take the anger out of me and to heal me. And God started to show me why I was angry, uh, and he helped me to forgive others and myself. See, Jesus has forgiven me and cleansed me. It's the greatest freedom ever. Every sin I have ever, ever done, every sin I've ever done, and every sin, sin ever done to me has been forgiven. And it's the same for you. Every sin you have ever done and every sin committed against you has been forgiven. You like the first part, I know, but the second part is just as valid. Every, all sin has been nailed to that cross. That's the power of the cross. Okay, so pray. Second thing is to confess Scripture daily. And uh, the Scripture, my main Scripture for anger, and I had this in my Scriptures, which I had uh, in the bathroom, in Proverbs 16.32 is, he, he who is slow to anger is better than the mighty, and he who rules the spirit than he who takes the city. So I used to just mainly say that first part, he who is slow to anger is better than the mighty. It just really got me, because it's like, there's, there's, it doesn't help you to be angry at all. The third thing is to create mantras. We talked a little bit about mantras. My anger, things were to talk myself down rather than talk myself up when I got angry. So instead of saying, you know, talking myself up would be going like, that person's such an idiot. You know, that's, that's talking myself up. Like, or it might be, I can't believe she said that to me. Can you believe it? Oh, yeah, I know, everyone's quiet now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So instead of talking myself up, because that would, that would increase my feelings of anger, I needed to try and calm myself by self-statements such as, it's okay, it's okay, you can handle this. 
But my main one was like, be cool, Teresa. Be cool. Be cool, Teresa. And, and really, that just, yeah, just be cool. And, and it was amazing. Those, those words, be cool, really helped me. Just calm down. So yesterday, my friend and I were walking near the plaza, and this guy in front of us, he was with another lady. She was on the phone. He just all of a sudden just lost it. He starts cracking it and like, oh, I mean it. He was like, tell them, you tell them, because she was on the phone. I don't know who they were talking to, but obviously he heard something he didn't like. And he, was, he came out and he stormed off, and then he came running back and goes, and you tell them. And you know what? Back in the day, I would have looked at that guy and thought, what an idiot. I would have, and I would have laughed. But I've got to tell you, I'm a transformed life because I didn't feel like that at all. I started saying, be cool. <laughs> be cool, dude. Be cool. And it's not only that, because I just felt compassion for him. I thought there, but for the grace of God, goes I. I was like that. I felt compassion for him. He is hurting. There is a reason he's like that. It changed my whole way of looking at it. When, yeah, years previously, I would have like, oh, what, a, what an idiot. Like, you know... But we've just got to think about different scenarios. You don't know why or what happened in somebody's life to set someone off. Cool. So different mantras that I had was I am strong and courageous, bold and confident in God for his glory. There's a reason I had for his glory because I want to be bold, you know, strong and courageous, bold and confident, but I want to be strong and courageous, bold and confident for the glory of God. Not for my glory, for his glory. So that, that was one of mine. I am patient. That was a hard one. But I am patient, loving, and, val and add value to everyone I meet. That was one of mine. I'm patient, loving, and add value to everyone I meet. They're, they're just things that I, I would say. The third thing, uh, fourth thing is to confess. When you do stumble or you stuff up, don't hide it. Don't try and sweep it under the carpet. Confess it to someone else. Usually a friend who loves you, though, not just to anybody, to someone who cares about you. Because <laughs> we all make mistakes. Don't be so hard on yourself. So, you know, confess it to someone who is going to help you. So that's the first one. Engage your will. It's a proactive thing. We're going after this thing. We are going after it. So engage your will. Whatever it is that you might want to get overcome and get through. The second thing is defensive. It's removing stumbling blocks. I, I knew the things that triggered me uh, to get angry. I, after I learned a little bit about why I did these things, I knew, and I could feel it physically. My muscles used to tighten, especially around my jaw, and I would feel, and it would almost, I could almost see, see it, like, you know, the temperature rising. <laughs> Once it got here, it's like, that, and, and it, I would be all flush. You would, I could feel it. So what happened when I started to feel like that? I had techniques to calm myself down. I'd be going, be cool, Teresa. But I would usually take myself, if I, if, it, if I was around people, I would take myself out of the situation. Remove yourself. Get away. Go, and, go for a run. Go and calm down or whatever. That's what I used to do, usually just go for a run. Because physically, if I just get that all out in a, um, a better way, then cracking up at somebody. Uh, but there were a couple of things that would trigger me the most. And that was like, I wasn't very good at waiting. That's why we had the mantra about patience. Uh, 
<laughs> I hated waiting on the phone, especially because you wait and wait and wait, and then someone cuts you off, and then you got to start again. It was awful. But to overcome that, if I was going to make a phone call, I would never make a phone call if I only had a small amount of time. I would do it when I had plenty of time and I could put it on speaker and just sit there, do something else instead. Real calm. So these are just little techniques that would help me. So whatever it is that you're thinking about, what are little things? You only need little things. So I got into the habit of that. The other thing was when someone hurt my family, man, that would trigger me probably the worst ever. I remember being at a rugby union game. I was in my 20s at the time, pre-Jesus, remember? And... Uh, <laughs> and uh, I was watching the game and my father was playing at the time and my father was on the field and there was someone up there in the grandstand behind me going, oh, I can't believe, get off the effing field you effing at my father. Now, I was already triggered because she'd been yelling the whole time at other people, but I've got to tell you, when it was my father, it was over. <laughs> I was in my 20s, you can imagine. So I was like, so I just like stood up, turned around, and said, shut your beep mouth, or I will come up there and shut it for you. But very loudly. <laughs> and, and, you know, with a lot of emotion as well. Shut your mouth, come in there. Yeah, so there you go. That's one of the things. So in that situation, probably don't go to rugby Games where your family are playing. No, 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 no. I'm a lot better. I'm a lot better at games now. But but know what it is that sends you to whatever it is, whether it's a bad habit, whether it's whatever it is, what triggers that you to go there? If it's drinking, what makes you want to do it? If it's gambling, what makes you want to do it? Know what your triggers are, and that can help you. Well, do you know what? I want to uh, pray for you now. I want you to actually think about. What is one big thing that you feel that Jesus wants to change in your life? I really feel that some of you were receiving that while I've been speaking, while you've been sitting in your seat. So I want you to close your eyes as I pray. Thank you, Lord. I thank you, Father, that you're here and you're speaking to each person. I thank you, Father, that you're letting them know the one thing, the one big thing that you want to work with them on. Whether it is an ad addiction, whether it is swearing, whether it is lust, whether it's lying, Father, I thank you, Lord, that you are a gracious God and that your Holy Spirit now, even in this time that you're telling us, brings comfort, brings hope, brings the peace of God. And Lord, I thank you that is not your word like a fire, says the Lord, and like a hammer that breaks the rock in pieces. I thank you, Lord, that your word is like a fire and can burn anything that doesn't belong on their lives. I thank you, Lord, that it's a hammer. It can smash any demonic force around them. I thank you, Lord, that you are the God of hope. 
You're the God of peace. And you're the God of love. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Hey, God bless you as you work on that. And I mean it. Go to town. Get a, get, you know, talk to your friends in your group. Make a commitment. Be accountable, even if it's to a friend. Look, I'm going to work on this. I'm going to work on anger. I'm going to work on whatever it is. Will you help me? Maybe it's, you know, when I feel like it, I'm going to call you and you're going to help me through it or whatever it is. If it's depression, you know, when I'm feeling like not great, I'm going to call you or I'm going to text you, whatever. Make yourself accountable. There is, you know, you can do something by yourself, but when you actually set yourself up with someone else, you are more committed. Believe me, I've done that. When I've prayed, when I was a new Christian, I used to text someone straight after I had prayed that day. And then they would know when I hadn't prayed. So it just makes you want to, okay, I'm going to pray. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> no, 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 that was cheating. No, no, no. That, that was early days. But work at it. Go for it. You can do it. You can do it. As I said before, you might be here today and you don't have a relationship with Jesus. And as you've heard, he loves you so much. He's always thought of you specifically. And so very soon I'm going to give you an opportunity to invite you, invite him into your heart, a God who loves you. I'm going to ask you to respond by raising your hand and then I'm going to acknowledge your hand and then you can put it down. And then I'm going to lead us all in a prayer to in, invite a Jesus who's amazing into your heart. So if I could just ask you to close your, your eyes. As you've heard, I haven't always followed Jesus. I was 38 when I give my, gave my heart to him. And my life totally transformed. When I found that God was real, a peace came into my heart that I'd never known. God cracked my heart open and started to pour his love into my heart and wash out the pain that had been there. He took burdens off me, changed me, gave me purpose. The thing that I'd always felt like there was something missing, he filled that. So if you're here tonight and you've never had a relationship with God, very soon I'm going to ask you to respond by raising your hand. Or you may have at one time known God. You might have been brought up in church or you might have come along for a while but not really connected with him. But tonight he sees you and he's there standing with open arms to welcome you back. So very soon, if that's you, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand as well. And the third type of person I'm speaking to is you might be here today and you've been coming along to church for a while, but you know in your heart that you haven't committed 100% and you don't have that assurance that if you were to leave this earth today that you'd go to heaven. And the only way to have that assurance is inviting Jesus into your heart. You want to have that assurance. So very soon I'm going to ask you to raise your hand as well because when you invite him into your heart and you ask him to forgive you, hope comes in. The Holy Spirit comes into your heart, will change your life. So if you are any one of those three types of people, either never had a relationship with God but today you want one 
or you want to reconnect to him, or you want to be certain that you're going to heaven. Right now, I just want you to raise your hand, and we're going to say a prayer together from your seat. Is there anyone here tonight that wants to have a relationship with the Jesus that loves you, that cares for you? Every Christian is praying. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Just one more second and we're going to move on. Is there anyone here tonight who wants to have Jesus in their heart? Amazing. You may open your eyes. You know what, you might have been here, uh, it might be your first time, or you might be new to church. One thing that we would, there's two things actually that we would love you to do. The first one is, like, keep coming back to church. I mean, it's amazing here, like, we're your friends. Like, it's fun, isn't it, being in church together? Yes, it is. And the second thing is, we'd love you to do a course called Alpha. Alpha will be starting very soon, I think probably in the next couple of weeks. Alpha is a six-week course where you get to come alongside and learn a little bit more about Jesus, like the basics of Christianity. But you have a bit of food, you have some friends, and we've got our leaders in there that can help you. Any questions, you can ask any questions at all. So I would love you to do that as well. But you've been amazing tonight. I'm going to hand you back to... Who am I handing? Oh, here we go, Isaac. (laughs) Welcome, Isaac. Sorry.